All right, good morning. Um, hope everyone is doing well. We are going to start off today. Actually, I'm just going to run by you guys what we're going to do today. Um, I'm going to go through some NFL news and notes, and then I'm going to go through our league news and notes, and then... Um, I'm going to ask another five questions, and then we're going to dive into the rookie draft. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. There's a lot to talk about, um, especially after a really talented uh, draft and a lot of really awkward landing spots. Um, we have a lot to talk about. So let's go to the NFL League of Notes. Um if you guys haven't heard already, it's not really super fantasy related. Uh, the first round pick for the Giants, cornerback uh, DeAndre Baker. Um, he's suspected of armed robbery, I think, from another uh, one of his teammates. Apparently, they were trying to rob people because they lost $70,000 at a party. I'm not even sure how you do that, but they did. Uh He's a former first-round pick, so it's pretty crazy that he's kind of just throwing his career away. Um, Yeah, I I really don't know why people do that. Um, James Conner. Mike Tomlin believes he is a featured runner, which is interesting because he didn't really say workhorse back. He said feature runner. Um Running backs are known as workhorse backs or bell cow or three down back. So whenever a coach uses featured runner, um, it's kind of interesting because you want him to say bell cow three down. Um, In the end, I think he meant that, but it's just interesting how he didn't say it. Um, Eric Ebron, running and cutting with no pain. Um, Good news if you're the Ebron owner. Uh, Tight end for the Steelers. Um, <clears throat> it's good news. Um, I think he'll be ready for training cap camp. Um, really no questions there. Colts wide receiver, T Y Hilton, uh, entering the final year of his deal. He wants to be a Colt for life and he wants to be in contract with the Colts, uh, before hanging, hanging up the cleats. Uh, he's a pretty old wide receiver. Still got some juice left in the tank and the tank, um, it's only a matter of time before Michael Pittman becomes the true wide receiver one there. Um, Raiders are signing Prince Amakamara. Amak- I don't know. He's hopped around teams uh, throughout the league. He's been in the league for like 10 years now, I think. Um, pretty decent corner. Um, I wouldn't really expect too much out of him if you're a Raiders fan. Um, this has me fucking dying. Um, if I'm reading this correctly, the Colts GM doesn't see Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor as a one-two punch in the backfield. It's a one-one punch. Uh, I don't know what the fuck a one-one punch is. Um, I've never heard of a one-one punch. Typically... I'm just going to try and dissect it, I guess. Uh, typically, I feel like whenever a team uses a one-two punch, 
it's not really 50-50 like people think. I feel like it's more 60-40. Um, and I guess what the GM is trying to say is that it's going to be a just straight 50-50 even carry. Um, I don't really think that affects, for me anyway, either player in my mind. Because I've been telling you guys, I don't see that backfield being straight up Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think eventually he'll take over, but a 1-1 punch is just ridiculous. But anyway, uh, we'll get more into Jonathan Taylor when we hit the rookie draft. Uh, going on to the Rams, Cooper Cup is changing his number, nobody cares. Um... Eagles are planning on signing Carlos Hyde, or they at least have their sights set on him. Uh, I told you guys before, I really want to like Miles Sanders. I cannot bring myself to like him as much as I want to. Um, And for that reason, I don't know if he's just going to be kind of like a depth piece or if he's going to be a 1-1 punch. (laughs) Um, J.K. Dobbins signs his rookie contract. Cool, no one cares. Well, I guess the J.K. Dobbins owner might care. Um, Frank Gore went to the Jets. We already know that. And I think that's really, it's really about it for now. Um, Yeah, that's really about it uh, that I'm going through the notes. Um, going back to the league, I know I posted the polls in the beginning. Uh, let me pull up the league real quick. I don't know if all you guys voted. So six people have voted for the weekly league competitions. It's currently at a tie for $3 that they want paid in fab and 3 that they want paid in real money. So we're waiting on the other four. Um, And then we have, for the rivalry week, um, we have yes within the first four weeks of the season. So it looks like we're going to have a rivalry week, or we actually will have a week within the first four weeks. Um, I'm just going to set it to week four, unless you guys have like a problem with that. I feel like... The first game of the season is always like pretty special because it's the start and it's the first win, um, and I don't want it to get like stagnant throughout the first couple weeks. So I feel like putting rivalry week at week four will kind of help keep up. Like okay, uh, I opened the season now I'm excited for week four because that's when I face that dipshit that I don't like. Um. So we're waiting on more votes for the weekly league competitions. We're going to do the rivalry week. Um, no trades have really happened through anyone as expected. It's offseason, nothing crazy. Um, oh, and I still need to put up the poll for the empire and dynasty i know some of you guys responded to the yes and no of it 
Um, so I'm just going to create a poll. I just remembered right now. Uh, so please vote on that as well. Um, I believe that's it. So... Or actually, I'm going to hit on the Empire and Dynasty before posting the poll just to clear up some things. So the Empire would be if someone goes back to back. Um, and this is kind of where I think a little too much money would be involved, making a little people uncomfortable. Because if we're paying the league amount, and if people are voting for the paid in real money for the league, uh, league competitions... And in order to do the Empire, we would have to raise the league um, as well, the league fee as well. So the way the Empire would work would be everyone chips in an extra like five bucks or something like that for the payout. Um, and if you win back to back, then you win all the money that has been collecting for the past however long it takes someone to go back to back. If you win three times in a row, then you get all the money that someone has won um, that year plus extra amount for the dynasty as well. Um, so when we think about the empire and the dynasty, you know, that could be kind of a lot of money as it is. And then you pay in real money for the weekly league competition. So if you're adding all that money up, the buying could be an extra like, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks. Um, I think the Empire and the Dynasty is a really cool idea. I would rather do the weekly league competitions rather than the Empire and Dynasty. It's all up to you guys. Um, but I think if we're going to do all of it, I think doing the week weekly league competitions, being paid in fab is more of a realistic option. And I like the fab too because if you have teams that aren't doing well, like yeah, real money's cool, but if you get fab and you happen to pick up the next like cuz Derrick Henry was on uh well, he wasn't on dynasty waiver wires, but you know what I'm saying? Like you can really pick up one player and really be solid, you know. Um so fab is I don't know, I, I just personally like Fab more. Uh, I guess you know where I voted on that one. Um, so yeah, just something to think about. Um, Empire Dynasty will have to be increase our buy-in. Um, just be sure to vote on the other polls. Um, Alright, so I guess we are going to go to the questions. I found some easier ish questions I didn't have time this week <clears throat> to try and think of my own questions so bear with me so the first question I'm going to have to repeat some of these because they're kind of complicated um, first question is Jameis Winston Jameis Winston last season threw 30 interceptions almost 2 per game in the last 10 years, who's the only quarterback who started more than half of his team's games and averaged even more interceptions? And the hint is the quarterback in this season threw 17 interceptions in the last or in the nine games that he started. 
So I'll say that question one more time. Jameis Winston last season threw 30 interceptions, which is two per game, just about. In the last 10 years, who's the only quarterback who started more than half of his team's games in a season and averaged even more interceptions? The hint is this quarterback this season or the quarterback in this season threw 17 interceptions in nine games that he started. And when I say this season, I'm not talking about this last current season. It's in the last 10 years. Uh, time starts now. Alright, um, I know that one was pretty fucking hard. Um, the answer is Peyton Manning in 2015. And he actually won the Super Bowl that year, so it's kind of crazy. Um, I know that one was pretty hard. They get a little easier. Uh, next question. Who are the only three players who had a game with over 200 receiving yards during the 2019 season? who were the only three players who had over 200 receiving yards last year. Time starts now. All right. Um... Amari Cooper caught 11 passes for 226 yards for Dallas in a home game against Green Bay. Um, Cooper Cup caught seven passes for 220 yards and a touchdown for the Rams against Cincinnati. That was played in England. And Will Fuller caught 14 passes for 217 yards and three fucking touchdowns for Houston in a blowout win over Atlanta. So Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, and Will Fuller all had over 200 receiving yards. Cooper Cup is on my team, FYI, just saying. Um, next question. Which team has gone the longest without winning a league championship? Time starts now. All right. What team has gone the longest without winning a chip? The answer would be Arizona. Last won its NFL title as the Chicago Cardinals in 1947. Um, other teams that have gone more than 50 years without a championship are the Lions, 1957. Um, the Titans, 1961, Chargers 1963, Browns 1964, Bills 1965, Falcons founded in 1966, no titles because they suck. Uh, Bengals founded in 
1968, no titles. Jets, 1968. Vikings, 1969. Some of these teams were in the AFL. Um, and some of them won in the AFL, but they haven't been the longest, which are the Cardinals. Uh, next question. Who are the only two wide receivers that have played in all 16 games in each of the last five years? Time starts now. All right, who are the only two wide receivers that have played all 16 games in the last five years? If you answered Jarvis Landry and Larry Fitz, you are correct. They played in 96 and 84 consecutive games, respectively. Only three other wide receivers have played in at least 64 consecutive games, and they're all pretty obscure. Justin Hardy, Alex Erickson, and Demarcus Robinson. So Larry Fitz and Jarvis Landry. All right, last but not least. This one is, I hope, is pretty easy. Lamar Jackson ran for 1,206 yards in the regular season while averaging 6.85 yards per carry. In the Super Bowl era, who was the only other player who's run for more than 1,000 yards and average even more yards per attempt. Let's say that question one more time. <clears throat> Lamar Jackson ran for 1,206 yards in the regular season while averaging 6.85 yards per carry. In the Super Bowl era, who's the only player who's run for more than 1,000 yards and averaged even more yards per attempt? Time starts now. All right. If you answered the one and only Madden cheat code, Michael Vick, you are correct. In 2006, Vick ran for 1,039 yards, averaging 8.5 yards per carry. Do you know how insane that is? A good yards per carry for a running back? is 4.5 and above. Michael Vick averaged 8.4 yards per carry. It was damn near first down every single time he decided to roll out of the pocket. That is insane. Um, that is crazy. Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to dive into that, but that's that's insane. Um, all right. Well, hopefully you guys did somewhat okay on those questions. Um, I think I'm going to try and 
find time to find a little bit of easier ones. Oh, uh, one last question. Who is the back-to-back champ in my main league? Go ahead. Say it's me, because you're right. It's me. I'm the fucking best. Anyway, um, I'm going to try and think of my own questions. Uh, next time, make it a little, e- little easier on you guys. Um, all right, let's dive into the rookie draft. Um, need to find the league real quick. Dun, 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 dun. Rookie draft, rookie draft, rookie draft. All right, boom. Um, keep in mind, this is a 10-man PPR dynasty. Um, I don't know why this isn't pulling up. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be a little higher on others, um, specifically because it's PPR. And 10-man does make a difference. Um, picks are, I would say, a little more valuable. Just because if you have a early second-round pick, um, you really have the 11th best player. If you're the, if you're the uh, 201 in the draft, you have the 11th best player. Um, whether if you're in a 12-man, you have the 13th best player. So... You know, it's it, it definitely pushes you up two spots and changes your strategy a little bit. Um, so we're going to start out with the 101 overall. Um, uh, one Ball Wonder was the, over, uh, was the number one overall. Traded for it from Jay Harris. Um... Traded for it for Jay Harris. Um, Harris, I guess, felt the need or just didn't feel the need to draft anybody or maybe he thought somebody would fall, which it looks like he did. Um, We'll get into Jay Harris's team a little bit more. But if you look at... You're more than welcome to pull up the app, by the way, again. Um, If you look at George's team, um, I believe last episode... Or two episodes ago, I kind of hit on his team a little bit. Um, I said that he would probably get by with his quarterbacks, but if he didn't have Joe Burrow, he'd be stuck with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, and Derek Carr. Um, And I already said I don't really count Taysom Hill as a quarterback. Um, I don't think they think of him as a quarterback. Um. So adding Joe Burrow, excuse me, Joe Burrow, was definitely a, it was a must. Um, And I don't think it was a payout by any means. I think what they traded picks for was fair. Um, I don't think anyone really got screwed in that. I think it was a pretty, you know, average, uh, average uh, trade. Um, And I think it was a good pick. By George, you know, he's building around his quarterback core. He could probably use one more, um, but it's not bad by any means. Um, 
And yeah, I think it was pretty good. Uh, going into C.D. Lamb. Um, you guys know how I feel about C.D. I think he's... I think he really is just the next DeAndre Hopkins. If you guys actually take the time and pull up his highlights, he, he literally just looks like he's running and catching and blocking like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm really really high on CD Lamb. I think he's the most complete wide receiver um coming out of college. Um I think it's a matter of time before he takes over as the wide receiver one. Um this year I don't uh, it might take half of the season for him to start to really be a wide receiver one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he came out fairly quickly and really, really uh, solidified himself as the wide receiver too. I think this affects Michael Gallup kind of a lot, honestly. Um, Michael Gallup had a pretty solid year last year, but behind Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Zeke getting his receptions, I just don't see Michael Gallup being what he was last year. When Amari Cooper leaves, and maybe, you know, Gallup can become the next, you know, a, a strong wide receiver too again. But as long as you have Amari and CD, um, you know, I just I just don't see Gallup being more than a wide receiver too at best. Um, but CD Lamb, I'm really excited for him. I really think he's going to thrive. <clears throat> Um, going to the third pick. So, so far we have Joe Burrow, C.D. Lamb. Third pick was KMI19. And I'm going to dive a little deeper into this. Um, if you are in my main Dynasty League, um, I am a pick whore. I have four first round picks, three second round picks, two third round picks, and a fourth round pick. In my main dynasty. Uh, I'm in complete rebuild mode. Um, so I love picks. I love having picks. I'm always open to, to trades when it involves picks. Um, the guys in my main league know that uh, just by looking at my team. So for me to trade up to the third spot. Um, and give away a solid amount of picks. Um, is very unlike me. I don't like giving up an arm for a leg for uh, for a player in general, but let alone a player who that hasn't even played it down. Um, I felt uncomfortable doing it. Um, definitely left my comfort zone. I almost even... When I sent the trade, I still didn't feel good about it. But um, you know what? I did some things last year in my redraft, in my main redraft league that made me uncomfortable, but it led me to winning the championship, like giving up Marlon Mack for Allen Robinson last year. Um, I was not a fan of the quarterback, Mitch, Mitchell Jubisky, and I felt like I couldn't rely on him. But, you know, stats, looking at Allen Robinson's stats... Um, he was doing fine with him. Um, he was a PPR machine last year. I think, I forgot who I was talking this about, but Allen Robinson, I think, 
was the seventh overall player um, in terms of receptions last year. And I think he had 97 or 95. So he's a PPR machine. He's a really good wide receiver. Um, but making uncomfortable decisions like that. Um, another one last year was I started Brashard Pierman in my semifinals round. And he scored 32 or 34 points or some shit like that. And it got me to the championship. And, you know, um, another one was giving Devin Singletary and Devontae Adams for Aaron Jones last year. Um, and lo and behold, I faced Devin Singletary and Devontae Adams in the championship last year. And I Aaron Jones ended up scoring like two touchdowns with 100 yards or some shit, and I won. So sometimes you just got to be able to pull the trigger when you're not necessarily comfortable. Um, the reason why I pulled the trigger on uh, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire is because I know the situation he's going into is literally the best thing that can happen to him. Um, and not only that, I am a pretty big believer in stacking quarterback wide receiver or quarterback running back um maybe even grabbing a solid handcuff with um like Derrick Henry and um Darrington Evans I believe his name is I don't have all the rookie names down by uh <clears throat> by the top of my head or off the top of my head yet but I'm a big believer in stacks I loved where CEH went um <clears throat> um I just, I could not pass up the opportunity of having CEH and Patrick Mahomes. People will argue that CEH had a lackluster college career. His last year when Joe Burrow came in, he did, I mean, obviously he did phenomenal. Um, but the years before that, if you guys didn't know, Joe Burrow wasn't the quarterback the whole time for LSU. I believe... I hope I don't fuck this up. I believe he was the quarterback. Oh, dang. For Oklahoma? I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, and then he saw his opportunity at LSU, went to LSU. And that's when him, Justin Jefferson, and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, all popped off. Um, that offense was ridiculous. And, you know, um, I guess I'll make the argument is he didn't do anything without Joe Burrow. But he did something with Joe Burrow, and now he's going to Patrick Mahomes. Like, it literally can't get better than that. So I'm all in. He's a receiving back. He could be a rushing back. Um, it's just another weapon for Mahomes. It, it just made sense to me. If you guys were wondering what the trade was, if you don't remember, I believe it was a first-round pick, this year's second-round pick, my next year's second-round pick, and half my fab. Um, so I definitely paid a pretty penny. Um, <clears throat> I definitely paid a pretty penny. Um, but to me, it was worth it. Um, I, to this day, I still feel uncomfortable giving up that much over someone who hasn't played it down. You guys know me as a conservative player. I like to know a player is going to get me points. Um, but you know what? We'll see. Uh, I think he's going to do very well and to pair him up with Mahomes on my team and with the other two, Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon, I think that could potentially be a very, very good squad. 
Um, so we'll see. I'm excited. Um, not really going to dive into that much. Um, the next one, this is um, Josh Harris. Uh, he traded back to get Jonathan Taylor. Going back to Harris's um, initial draft where we drafted our teams, um, he was the 10th overall pick, and he had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 quarterbacks. Um, 6 quarterbacks, and he didn't draft a running back until the 11th round, and that was Philip Lindsay, which was actually pretty good for the 11th round. Um, people like Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard were going, Sony Michelle. So I think Philip Lindsay in the 11th round was actually really good value. Um, but then he didn't draft another running back, and his next running back was Tariq Cohen in the 13th, which I think Tariq Cohen is going to have a pretty big down year. Um, but we'll get back into that later. Um, yeah, so his starting running backs were Philip Lindsay and Tariq Cohen, which you definitely don't want. Um, I would say Philip Lindsay's more safe than Tariq, uh, excuse me, Tariq Cohen. Um, so yeah, he really didn't have a lot of running backs and then Jonathan Taylor fell to him at the 206 and I really like that trade. Because I feel like Harris would have been fine with Jonathan Taylor, Edwards Hilaire, or J.K. Dobbins. Um, he was going to land one of those three. I think he already knew that he wasn't going to land uh, Edwards Hilaire. So he was either, he was either going to get Jonathan Taylor or Dobbins. I would lean Dobbins just because they ran the shit out of Jonathan Taylor. But... I feel like you really can't go wrong. Um, they're both in a timeshare. Um, I would say Dobbins is the more conservative pick just because he's behind Lamar Jackson. Mark Ingram is probably going to leave. Um, Jonathan Taylor has ran the ball a lot through his college career already. There are question marks coming into the pros about that. But he's behind this arguably the best offensive line. Uh, Phillip Rivers, he loves checking down the running backs. Um, good coaching staff. So, I mean, I, I don't really hit on the pick at all. I feel like it's a good pick. Um, you can't go wrong with that pick. Um, and he knew he was going to get one of those running backs, so he just decided to trade back and get another second. Um, so I think that was a good trade from Harris. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to do very well. Um <clears throat> and yeah. Um, next pick would be. So so far we have Joe Burrow, C.D. Lamb, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Jonathan Taylor, and the next would be Repreza. Um, at the 105. He drafted, um, Tua. I'm not gonna, not even gonna try and say his last name. I think we all know Tua. He's the only Tua I have ever heard of in my life. No need to try and fucking butcher his last name. Um, Tua. Let's go to... Let's go to Repres Repres's team real quick. 
So he has Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mitchell Trubisky, Sam Darnold. Um, I'm not going to hit on the, the quarterback room too much for each team's. You already know where I stand. I literally went through team by team giving my personal analysis. Um, He did have Josh Allen. I guess I'll bring this up right now. Um, He did have Josh Allen, and he traded him away for OBJ. Um, I want to hit on that trade real quick because I really, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse on how valuable QBs are. But this trade, in my opinion, is personally the perfect example as to the value of quarterbacks. OBJ, let's just say it was OBJ on the Giants and Josh Allen, just straight up. OBJ for Josh Allen. Um, I would still be a little wary if I was the Josh Allen owner, this is just my opinion, Um, you don't have to agree with me, but I would be a little wary if I was the Josh Allen owner, Um, because Allen has the potential, he's a dual threat quarterback, he has the potential to be a top 10 or even top 8 quarterback, he really does, and they're just adding more weapons around him, Um, Sean McDormand is a very, very good coach, and he has a defensive cast that can support him, Um. It's just quarterbacks are worth more than straight up. Now, if it was like a Michael Thomas type player, then I would be like, okay, like I would probably accept that. Um, I just don't tier OBJ as the same as Michael Thomas. I think OBJ is a talented wide receiver. I think he has the potential to be a top five wide receiver. Um I am just not as high on OBJ as Julio, Michael Thomas, DeAndre. Um, you know, I just, I just think the situation that he's in, he just worth, he just isn't worth giving up such a young, talented quarterback. And looking at Repressive's team, he has a solid quarterback room. Like, I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, He has Lamar Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, and Jared Goff, I would probably say, are his main starters. Um, I just know personally I would rather have Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen as my starting quarterbacks. Um, But his wide receiver room is OBJ, Juju Smith, AJ Brown. I'm not going to hit into that, but it's good. I mean, I'm not saying... I'm just saying, I feel like he could have got a little more for Josh Allen. Like, OBJ in like a second, maybe, I think would have made sense. Um, But he drafted Tua at the 105 to help out his quarterback room. And I don't remember the trade off the bat, but he ended up trading Tua to get Jared Goff and another pick. Uh, We'll go into that that when that comes down to it. So he drafted Tua to help out his quarterback room. Um, Not bad. And then Chase... With the 106, um, Jerry Judy. So, if you guys want to hear about, <laughs> if you guys, if you guys want to hear about Chase's team, 
Um, go listen to the last episode, I believe, or maybe the episode before that, where I talk about his team and his running back core pretty much just went to shit. It went down the hill, um, and the running backs are that are available to him are J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Those I would probably say the running backs that are first round worthy ish. Um, and he drafted Jerry Judy. So I'm not sure what his plan of attack is here. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerry Judy, you guys are already hurting me talk about it. Crowded offense. I think in time he'll become the wide receiver one. I think he's better than Sutton. Um, there's no way the Broncos can keep up that many players on that out on that offense for that long. Um, I think he's more fighting to become a wide receiver one than C.D. Lamb is. I think Jerry Judy has to fight more for a path for targets. So we'll see. But he's an extremely talented wide receiver. Um, I just personally don't know why Chase drafted a wide receiver there. Um, but I don't think you can go wrong with a wide receiver. So very interesting. So if we go to the 107, going back to the Repres, the Repreza, and I think it was A.O. Allen that traded him. So Repreza gave him Tua, and I think he got Jared Goff and the 107 back, which was a phenomenal trade because Repreza... Um, I think pointed out to me that even with a down year, Jared Goff was a top 15 quarterback, which is in a 10 man team. That's amazing. Um, that's really good. So he got rid of Tua after just drafting him, but he also got back the 107 and he grabbed JK Dobbins. Um, that's a phenomenal trade by Repreza. Uh, that's really, really good. Um, He's getting another quarterback to help out his room after getting rid of Allen, and he's getting another first-round pick. So that was that. That's an easy accept on his part. Um, and J.K. Dobbins, you heard me say, it, um, he might be in a little ish one-two punch. Um, they're already talking about how he's going to be a three-down back uh, behind Lamar Jackson, Ohio State running backs. Um, have a tendency to do very well in the NFL. Uh, Zeke, for example. So I think J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins is going to do very well for a very long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was a really good trade by Repreza. Uh, so far, we have Joe Burrow, C.D. Lamb, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, Tua, Jerry Judy, and J.K. Dobbins. And then going into the 108, which was originally my pick, um, I gave it to K-Mai. Um, he drafted DeAndre Swift. Um, you guys heard me talk about DeAndre Swift. I think I think he has the capability to be a three-down back. Um, I don't think the Lions are going to give up on Carrion Johnson that easily. Um, I think Matt Patricia is really trying to be like the Patriots. I really do. Um I think he's really going to try and use him as a one-two punch. I don't think DeAndre is going to run away with the job unless Carrion gets hurt. 
Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, we'll see. They're in a really pass-happy offense, and DeAndre is the much better receiver out of the backfield. So we'll see. Um, I think he'll do pretty well. Um, yeah, I think he'll do pretty well. Uh, Justin Jefferson at the 1-9 for Sanchgod. Um, he's the number two, replacing Stephon Diggs in the Vikings. Um, I think he will do very well. People were skeptical of him coming out of college because he only had one good year with Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, he has Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball. Kirk Cousins, I don't think, is an elite quarterback. Um, I think he's a strong quarterback, too. Um, But Justin Jefferson is going to get the ball. Um, They're going to get the ball. He's going to get to line up alongside Adam Thielen. He's going to get to learn from Adam Thielen. He's in a pretty good scenario. Um, I think at the 109, it's pretty damn good value. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I think he'll be a strong wide receiver too this year. Um, I think it's just overall good pick. Not, not a super flashy pick, um, but I think it's just a good pick overall. Uh, the 110 going to Amar, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, he is drawing comparisons to Carson Wentz, which is really good. Um, Carson Wentz has been injured the last couple years. Um, he kind of reminds me of Tony Romo. Like, God, he could be so good if he just stays healthy. And... You know, for him to draw, for Herbert to draw comparisons from Carson Wentz is really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's good. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. Um, he's a, he's a really a pure passer. He does have legs. <laughs> I said that weird. Um, he can be a dual threat quarterback. Um, I wouldn't rely on it too much from him. I think he's going to be more of a passer than a dual threat. Um, I think he's going to do well in that offense. I don't know if I'm completely sold on Herbert. Um, don't know if I'm completely sold on Herbert. Um, but I think he's going to do well. He's surrounded by weapons. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, um... They have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Um, so I think they'll do good. Um, and their defense is top 10, top 8. I don't know about top 5, but I think definitely top 8. Um, so he's he's just like Drew Locke. He's surrounded by weapons. Um, he has a good supporting cast on offense and defense. So I think he'll do pretty well. Um, and at the 110, I think that's pretty good. Um Moving on to the 201, back to Harris. So the first round was Joe Burrow, C.D. Lamb, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, Tua, Jared Judy, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert. I don't think anyone was really a reach. Um, I think everybody drafted what they felt like they needed in the first round. Um, The only shocker in the first round, I would say, is probably Jared Judy from Chase. Just because he... I mean, well, my opinion, I feel like he needs a running back, but, you know, it's his team. So, who gives a shit? Um, 
Uh, going to the 201, Harris. In the first round, he drafted Jonathan. He drafted Jonathan Taylor. So now on his team, if I remember correctly, he has Tariq Cohen, Philip Lindsay, and Jonathan Taylor. And he also adds Cam Akers at the 201, which is a steal. Um, Cam Akers at 201 is very, very good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Cam Akers was, I arguably say, should have gone in the late first round. Um, I wouldn't say to... Yeah, I would say he would have gone the late first round. Um, to pair him up with Jonathan Taylor, Philip Lindsay, and Tariq Cohen, I think that's a solid running back room. I'm not super high on Cam Akers. If you watch his college tape, he makes really, really stupid decisions. Um, he doesn't hit his holes as hard. Um, he's a pretty good receiving back. He's not phenomenal. He's he's like he's like an average running back going behind the second offensive work, the the worst, oh no, sorry, I'm fucking this up, the second worst offensive line in the league. Um, and they still have uh, Darnell Henderson, if I said that correctly, and the other, ugh, I'm, blank, I'm blanking out on the third running back. So I don't know if it's going to be a committee. I don't know if they fully trust Cam Akers. Um... I'm not super sold on him, but to get him at the 2-1 is pretty good. So I think pairing him up with Jonathan Taylor and Philip Lindsay is not bad. Um, I think that's pretty good. Um, going into the 2-2, which is Boomer Sooner. First round, he drafted CeeDee Lamb. Second round, he drafted uh, Henry Ruggs. Um, I am personally very, very high on... Henry Ruggs. Um, they've been saying that they want to use him like the Antonio Brown, which is in the slot in a very versatile weapon. And if they actually do use him like that, he is going to be a very, very good wide receiver. Um, a lot of people just think of him for his speed. I think, let me try and Look at his speed real quick. He was extremely fast. Yeah, he won. He ran a um uh, a four two seven forty, which is blazing speed. I don't think that was faster than John Ross. I think John Ross was four two four. I think off the top of my head. Um, but that's still like you run in a straight line. You're pretty much getting. They, like the the defense is the defense has to play like cover three or cover two. They have to leave a safety in the backfield watching rugs. Um, but the thing is, he can line up anywhere, and that's why I'm really excited about him is because he can be used anywhere. And um, <clears throat> if you look at the way the Raiders used Antonio Brown in the short time that he was there, um, if you watched Hard Knocks and if you watch um, how they talked about Antonio Brown. They were just praising him. And if they praise him the way they're praising, or if they're praising Ruggs the way they're praising Antonio Brown, I am all in on Henry Ruggs. Um, he's also a phenomenal route runner. People underestimate Ruggs and his route running. Um, he is a very, very good uh, route runner. So 
don't sleep on Ruggs. Don't sleep on him even a little bit. And to get him at the 2-2, I think, is very, very good as well. Um, uh, moving on to the 2-3. KMI-19, Keyshawn Vaughn. There's already reports about Keyshawn Vaughn becoming a three-down workhorse because Ronald Jones sucks at pass protection and receiving. Um, they gave Ronald Jones two seasons to do something, and he didn't do anything. He had an awful rookie season. I think he played like four games, and he averaged like three yards per carry. It was fucking terrible. And then last year, he did a, he did a little better, but no, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, you know, so they brought in Keyshawn Vaughn. He can rush, catch, pass, protect. Um, I, I really think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to become the three down back. Um, Ronald Jones had his chance. If you can't keep Brady upright, you're not going to be in the game. I think that's as easy as that. And Brady loves to check down to running backs. Everyone knows that. So I think Keyshawn Vaughn's the guy. I think he's a running back one and to get him. At the two threes, damn good value. So kudos to KMI. Um, originally, this next pick at the 204 belonged to One Ball Wonder. AO Allen traded for it. Um, I don't know what the trade was. You'll have to figure that out yourself. Uh, T. Higgins, 204. Um, interesting pick. Um, if they re-sign AJ Green, um, if they re-sign AJ Green, it's going to be, I think it's good for Higgins either way, because I don't think the Bengals are going to re-sign him long-term. Um, so even if AJ Green comes back for this year, T Higgins gets to line up as the wide receiver too, in my opinion. I think he's better than Tyler Boyd. Um, and I think T. Higgins is going to be special with or without A.J. Green. And I think next year, not this upcoming year, but the 2021 season, I think T. Higgins is going to have a phenomenal year starting when A.J. Green leaves. Um, I think he's a really good wide receiver. He had Trevor Lawrence throwing to him. Now he has Joe Burrow. Um, I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver. Um, and I understand if A.O. Allen is pretty high on him. I drafted him in my main league. I'm pretty high on him as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good pick. Um, I think that's similar to the, uh, Justin Jefferson pick, not super flashy. Um, I don't think T Higgins is like a huge playmaker, but I definitely think he's underrated. <clears throat> so that's a good pick. Um, going to the 2-5. Got to start wrapping this up. Um, going to the 2-5. Um, we have Repreza with Jalen Rieger. Um, Jalen Rieger at the 2-5 I think is another good value. There's going to be really good value the first like <clears throat> first round and second round-ish because it's a 10-man league. Um, <clears throat> you're going to have pretty good value throughout i'm not going to be able to obviously get through the whole draft we'll continue it next episode but there are some steals later on in the draft that i'm pretty excited to go over 
Uh, but Jalen Rieger at the 205 is pretty good. Um, there is almost no competition in Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> so Jalen Rieger immediately comes in as arguably the wide receiver one. I mean, you still have Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey can't stay healthy. Deshaun Jackson, even when he's on the field, he can't really stay healthy. Um, I think Jalen Rieger is going to be using the slot a lot, short to intermediate routes. Um, I think he's going to be a PPR machine kind of similar to the way that Jamison Crowder should have been used in uh, Washington. Um, I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, <clears throat> overall, I think that's a solid pick. There, I don't really have much to say about him because I just think he's going to be the wide receiver one. And Carson Wentz is just going to check down to him like there's no tomorrow. Um, I'm pretty high on Jalen Rieger. The only thing that I'm not super happy about is because I like wide receivers who are big, tall, dominant, strong wide receivers. Um, I don't want to have to worry about their durability issues. Um, and he's not really super short. He's 5'11", 206. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like wide receivers who are big and strong. Um who can go up and catch balls and fight for the ball. He's going to be more of a, you can fit it into a tight window, um, short to intermediate out, like I said earlier. So I still think he's a really good wide receiver. I think he'll do very well. Um, and yeah, I think it's a really good pick for the two, uh, 205. Um, I'm going to end off at the 205 just because I don't want to rush my next pick. Um... The next episode is going to consist of the 205 and hopefully trying to finish it. I don't think I'll finish it. Maybe. Who knows? Um, hopefully there will be more news around the league and the NFL. And if there's any trades happening in our league, I'll definitely go over those. This is a reminder to close out the episode to read the rules. Um, read them, read them, read them. And... Be sure to vote on all of the polls that I'm going to post. Um, vote on all the polls and just remember to check back in the league like once a day. Um, I understand if you're busy some days. Um, you know, I understand. But it is Dynasty and we do have to remain somewhat active. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Uh have a good day. I will see you next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.